This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story is the shocking and tragic news that Kobe Bryant and his daughter Jana and seven others were killed in a helicopter crash yesterday, Sunday. I'm actually in L.A. still. I went to the Grammys yesterday. It didn't end until it was late. And I had kind of a bird's eye view of L.A. in mourning, particularly about uh, where at the Staples Center where Kobe played with the Lakers for so long. And a couple of things. First of all, I've been listening to the local news here, and there's a lot of news about this helicopter crash, that they were flying under special rules to allow the guy to fly in the fog. Apparently, that's a very normal thing that for these commuters. They just, it's like a everyday thing. They call it special, but it's just applies to this kind of a flight. Yeah, he had been trained, I think, to fly people in that type of weather is what I saw a little while ago. I didn't see that yet, but what I was listening to real early this morning was that it kind of lent itself to an interpretation more of like pilot error or certainly not mechanical error. Yeah. And I noticed when I was driving in from the airport last week, I went back and forth to the airport a couple of times and um, the clouds were really, really low and someone had tweeted to me not too long ago because there was weird stuff in the clouds I was taking pictures of, that they spray above the clouds to keep the cloud level low so that it can't reach a height. I guess it has to be a certain height to precipitate. So I know they do. I mean, rumor has it they kind of are encouraging the drought out here. I don't really know why, but... Whatever. They're messing with the weather. So I wondered if that, the, the fog, like the clouds looked weirdly low. So maybe it's just something so unusual out here. I don't really know. What do I know? But it was very sad and tragic. And, uh, I, I remember when CB Ray Vaughn died in a helicopter crash. I remember, like, I was a huge fan and I thought, like, he had straightened out his life. He had gotten clean and, you know, it was just a pity tragedy that he died so young and just when like it seemed like life was beginning. And then I started to think that maybe if you're here to learn something, cleaning up, getting straight, like, you know, that's a big triumph in the trial that is this life. And then I was reading an article about Kobe Bryant, who apparently, I did not know this, was a practicing Catholic and he had all that problem. Like the woman accused him of rape in Colorado. His wife filed for divorce. Then apparently with the help of a priest, he reconciled with his wife. He had lived in Italy for a while. He spoke Italian. His parents were Catholic. He was raised Catholic. He'd gone to mass yesterday morning before getting on the helicopter. And I just, you know, like to hope that, that you kind of have redemption before something so tragic and premature seems to happen. I thought that was comforting. But, uh, at the Grammys, so the Grammys were there at the Staples Center where the Lakers play. And we, and like, they really, the guys who own that also own the Lakers. Like they, the people were involved in it. It cast a poll over the Grammys. Mm-hmm. So we go there and the entire place is blanketed with Kobe mourners, just the whole place. And 
and there's like weaving in and out of these people are everybody in like high heels and sequin dress, like a lot of performers. It's people in that industry. And they started chanting. You're not hearing this on the news, but they started chanting, fuck the Grammys. Because I guess they didn't like people having fun during such a sad time, which it's a conflict. What are you going to do? A lot of those yeah. artists, like they work their whole lives. You can't, it, it was not cool to um, cancel. You couldn't cancel it anyway, but it was just so confusing because what do they care? You know what I mean? It's yeah. so weird. And it kind of felt like they were confusing like race with class because yeah. it wasn't like all these like rich, fancy elite white people looking down their nose at these like basketball fans like they were the same on both sides of the aisle. It was just a strange thing. There's a lot of tributes to Kobe too, wasn't there? At the Grammys, mm -hmm. there's little, not as much as I think it was like Nipsey Russell. Boys to Men, was, didn't the Boys to Men sing the song that they sing with um Salt and Pepper? I have to say they redid the I've been to the Grammys many times and last year they redid it so that it's really designed for television and so I sit in the suite and you can hardly see it. Oh, wow. So I, I really like, I just go to the barn. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. But so like they used to have huge jumbotrons and you could actually watch all the performers. Now the jumbotrons are really small. So they don't put glare on the TV stage. It just, it's like a very different event. So I missed half of that. But, uh, but I did notice. One person I really wanted to see is Gary Clark Jr., who I like. I've seen him at Jazz Fest. I've seen him at, like, other festivals. And Alicia Keys was making the presentations, and people were super sad and whatever. And she was like, oh, there's so much love here tonight, like going out to Kobe and Dipsy Russell or whatever. Like, there's so much love, so much love. Before and after, or right bookending, this song of Gary Clark Jr., which as someone who likes him, I should have known what his song was, but I don't never listen to the hits. I just like to see him play this blues stuff. It was the most hateful, bitter song I've ever heard. And I was like, I had to look up the lyrics. The lyrics are absolutely nuts. It's called This Land. It starts with, so she's saying a lot of love. And I'm like, I don't, that doesn't sound like love. This is a guy who's born in 1984 in Austin. His mom is an accountant. He's married to some Victoria's Secrets supermodel from Australia, whatever. And he bought a big piece of land in Texas. And the guy, I guess, next door said something about questioning his ownership. And I, I believe that because I lived in Texas. And as soon as I took my husband's Hispanic surname, I definitely got like some, mm, like, are you sure you can afford this rent kind of stuff? Yeah. Okay. So there is, there's definitely some of that. But this song, it starts with paranoid and pissed off. Now that I got the money, 50 acres and a Model A, it says a Model A, but it's really a model in my opinion, right in the middle of Trump country. I told you there goes a neighborhood. Now Mr. Williams ain't so funny. I see you looking out your window. Can't wait to call the police on me. It goes on and on. And it says, I remember when you used to tell me N-word, run, run. Like this guy, he grew up in the downtown Austin and then he moved in next door. And the guy was like, did you buy this property? Probably. Is this yours? Who are you? You know, like, and it's just like, there's absolutely no chance in 1984 Austin that he was treated like, uh, you know, an escaped slave. But I, he was never like this from what, when I saw him, like his commentary when he's, you know, so I just, there's so much fomenting. That's how you win uh, those awards, though. And he won those awards. you write award. a song like that. That's how you yeah, win the award. he won the award for the, absolutely. I totally agree. Totally has to exploit that. Yeah. But the the idea that Alicia Keys 
and others try to present this so much this love viewpoint of like that that love is what what she's about and this thing is about meanwhile the grammys was also riddled with scandal because the woman who was hired to run it this year immediately turns around and, and says they're a bunch of like insider corrupt harassing uh hypocrites you know i don't know how much her story is true or not but like it's such bull it was almost hard to it was, was kind of hard to take so didn't you say that was like whoever they got to host it was the or the, whoever they got to run it was like yeah. a me too hire well this is all i know is this i really don't know the backstory of her but she was a charity worker and this is you know of that kind of ilk someone who worked for Red, I think Bono's charity. So last year at the Grammys, it was the worst Grammys ever. It was all Me Too. It was like halfway through somebody said, there's not, like a guy next to me said, there has not been a single male yet to appear. And like, I didn't notice it. And you could you could pull off a show like that with all females for sure and not really even notice a quality problem. But it's like they almost wanted it to be a quality problem, to make it look like it's worth sacrificing. Like when that director said, I can't believe Stephen King would actually vote based on merit when he could vote on identity <laughs> for art, you know? Yeah. So it's almost like they wanted to make it feel like it's worth sacrificing quality, even though that would, it was totally unnecessary. Anyway, so then they needed a new person to run it, so they hired this chick probably to have a virtue signal of having a chick. And she was immediately like, this is a boys club. These guys are jerks and yeah. yada, yada. But like the hypocrisy to me, I did not it really. It's just that that from saying fuck the Grammys to Gary Clark Jr.'s song right embedded with Alicia Keys saying, you know, all this love because we love Kobe and we're together in this. It, it just it gave the lie to this whole movement, which is designed to keep us apart as individuals, as a populace, so we don't see that uh, at the very highest levels, they're all together. They're not, they're not fighting the good fight left and right, white and black up there in the, in the upper atmosphere. They're laughing at us because we're totally distracted. And the other thing that I will say that drove me crazy is the amount of like buy-in to the two-party psyop is like unbearable. Like all these people talking about like Trump's psyche, like, you know, this is why he does that because he's so insecure and blah, blah. I'm, I'm saying, look, it's just like, it's easier to understand when I talk about Obama this way because I used to. Do you think that Warren Buffett is sitting around watching CNN wondering what Obama is going to do next? Is that like a reasonable expectation from the guy, you know, I, I mean, it, it use Warren Buffett as a kind of amalgam of all the people who put these people in place. Like Zucker created Trump. Like, do you think, so for people who don't, haven't heard me say this before, Jeff Zucker was uh, instrumental in, if not like the charge leader of getting Trump to be the boss in The Apprentice as an actor. And then I think managed to get him elected by telling people, oh my gosh, liberals, the worst thing that could happen to you is if Trump got elected, we're so scared, we're so scared. You feed a little bit that out onto Fox News and you've got a Trump landslide. Yeah. So I feel like that's what happened there. But when people at this event, really intelligent, politically active people 
are taking so seriously what looks to me a completely theatrical presentation. And another thing I, uh, I found out last week, which I think I shared with you, I didn't realize Adam Schiff is the congressman for Hollywood. Uh huh. Like he is the yeah. congressman from Hollywood. Like yeah. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did. I brought when I talked oh, about his oh, uh, stand up sure comedy have, and his yeah. script writing stuff. I, I, I just didn't that. click to that till I got out of here and I was like, okay, this is kooky. Yeah. You know, this whole scene is just, how can you believe it? I'm trying to tell people, I'm like, can't you see the, theatrics of it all i mean maybe they're too in it they they believe their well, own i do i think they do i think that the fact that the virtue signal hire they had for the grammys that you mentioned a second ago the fact that she is now calling them out that's what happens when you virtue signal and you hire someone who's a true believer it's going to backfire on you they're going to call out anything and everything as being a boys club or being whatever whatever the thing is that you're trying to promote, anything that could remotely be construed as violating that, if it's a true believer you hire, they're gonna they're gonna exaggerate it and call you out on it. So that, that's their own fault for that backfiring on I, that. I think you have a great point there. I really do think that the people I think they believe like Gary Clark probably believes his song, you know, in his way. Yeah. Right? It's not facts. It's not facts, but it's truth, right? Right, yeah. So they believe it, and and maybe these guys who hired her thought they were living it or thought they were doing enough. See, that's another thing is like I think in the elite thing, they they can feel like they're doing enough that they get to decide when they should be getting – they should be smug and self-satisfied. It's like George Clooney's favorite famous smug speech that South Park did a whole episode over right. him saying like how – how virtuous people in Hollywood are. Yeah. So a couple other things about Kobe. The flight was cleared, or the pilot was cleared to fly despite the conditions being bad, and despite the police helicopters were all grounded because of the conditions. So the conditions definitely seem to be something they're investigating. And I'm not propagating this theory. I'm only pointing it out because I believe that it was put out there in order to start to stir up conspiracy theories. Right. So that they can play into that meme that conspiracy theorists are bad. Totally. Somebody typed onto Google and they took a screenshot of it. And it was, I believe, on Twitter and Reddit. And initially they typed, when did Kobe Bryant die? This was last night. And right under Google, it normally says date of death. It'll say like Kobe Bryant slash date of death. But initially it said Kobe Bryant slash date of assassination. And that was a screenshot that went around and people uh, on Twitter and people were speculating and others were saying, oh, this is nonsense. This is somebody messed with the Wikipedia page and it got filtered through an algorithm. I think that was maybe somebody messed with Wikipedia and that happened and they removed it because now it's normal. Uh, at the very, at the very least, it, it put that idea of conspiracy out there, which, you know, everything should be questioned. I believe everything should be questioned, but that type of thing I think is put out there just to bait people. I absolutely think so. And to bait people with the purpose of saying, see how crazy conspiracy theories, right. theorists yeah. are. They, yeah, yeah. they see care. I didn't, I don't see any conspiracy here. And I won't, it's like with Anthony Bourdain. I was like, I'm not going to assume there's any, anything untoward unless his girlfriend ends up being full of it because he won't cover that up. And then she did. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. Now I do wonder about it. But 
I, I actually don't worry, wonder about stuff like that until there's reason to. And I noticed right away, there was a couple of other things that, I mean, there are definitely a few agenda items getting bubbled up as a result of this. And I will point out that the, his wife, Vanessa, I would expect to hear absolutely nothing from her for days, just to sit in a chair in total shock. I mean, I was like that when my dog died, when my, niece died, I could see that, I mean, it just shuts people down completely. And uh, what I don't expect is for her to make public statements in a well-composed manner about helicopter safety. Did she within do that? 24 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> not. But that's what the people, like when that uh, reporter was allegedly gunned down on live TV, her father oh, right. and yeah. boyfriend, both of whom were actors, yeah, within 24 weird. hours without shedding a tear, had like the whole agenda uh-huh. that they were reading out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, people like, well, people grieve in different ways. Mm, I got it. But that's why, I mean, I just feel like I would not expect her to come out with some political agenda anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. She's only 37. That much. But he's only 41. I know. I'm and surprised by that. He played 20 years. At the time he got drafted into the league, he was the youngest player ever drafted, I believe. And at that time, I don't know if that's still the case. But he, His dad was a pro. His dad was a pro, and his dad coached in the WNBA for a while also. And he actually was not on speaking terms with his mother when he died. I don't know oh, why. I don't know why. I, I believe I they tried to sell some it. of his memorabilia yeah, years did. ago. Uh, yeah. Kobe, I know Kobe, there's always a tension between him and Shaq. I used to love watching him play. Yes. Uh, I'm a huge basketball fan. I've been playing basketball since I could walk. And Kobe, whether you liked him or you didn't like him, he, I, he was fun to watch play and you have a respect for him. At least I, I respected him because he worked his butt off. Yes. I mean, he was yes. one of those guys who he would get, he was like Jordan. That's something I always liked about Jordan. In practice, Jordan, and Kobe, they had a reputation for for getting on to teammates, getting in fights with teammates because the other teammates weren't working as hard. So you can, one thing you can say about him is that he always worked his ass off to get what he he wasn't one of the best because he was just gifted. He worked his butt off to get That's, there. Was the exact lesson I told my son this morning. I said that he is a great example of you can have all the talent in the world. You can have lots of God's gifts, and I don't actually even admire that. Like, what you're given, I only admire what you do with it. Right. And that's why, like, when people resent, like, uh, not rich people, but people who make a lot of money and mm-hmm. put them in a really high tax bracket, it's like those people are applying their talents to hard work. Yeah. They don't have to do that. So yeah. when they do it and you benefit from it and they get a lot of money, that's a good system. And I really respect a good work ethic. I really think it's a great example of empowerment. We talk about disempowerment a lot to show that, hey, if that guy is working like a dog, maybe whatever talents you have, uh-huh. you could get what you exactly. want if you work uh, like uh, a dog instead of standing around saying, fuck the Grammys. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. He, he is a great example of that. I remember his last game. He. He scored 60 points in his last game. He did take 50 shots, but I'm, I remember watching that game going, I hope he shoots it every single time. I would. <laughs> right, I would shoot not? it every single time down court. And that's basically what he did. And he scored 60 points. He had a famous game where he scored 81 points a few years back. Yeah, he was I've a great player, fun to watch. And everybody else on the plane, there was eight other people that died too. His daughter, yeah, who was a really good basketball player. She was 14. And there was, I believe, some other people that were on the team. And I know there was a 
a baseball coach at a college. So it's it's sad when any life is lost. It's super sad. And of course, you give attention to these people because the way media works, you feel like you have a personal relationship with complete strangers. I don't I would think if anyone were immune to that kind of thing, I'm kind of cynical, but I was shocked and I, I didn't like it. My kids were like, oh, my gosh, mom, you hate helicopters. And I do. I hate it. Flying should only be done in a U.S. commercial jet. Do not hurtle through the air in anything but a U.S. commercial yeah, jet. Yeah, he had one of those heavy-duty, high-tech helicopters too. That, which it's really, old, yeah, it really does point to the the weather. I, you know, I don't know. An investigation needs to be done. I have no idea. But um, oh, what other thing I wanted to say? I can't remember what it. I can't. Oh, the NBA teams. I thought this was kind of cool. Um, a lot of the NBA teams last night, they, they did uh, tributes to him. One, the, the Dallas Mavericks, they retired the number 24 forever. He didn't even play for the Mavericks. Wow. So, but they retired his number. And wow. the Hawks were playing. I can't remember who they were playing, but the Hawks actually wow. won last night, which is a rare thing. Uh, <laughs> but what they did is Kobe was number eight at the beginning of his career. He's number 24 the second half of his career. And so what the Hawks did is they won the tip off and they there's something called an eight second violation. You have to cross half court in eight seconds or it's a turnover. So the Hawks dribbled it out and took an eight second violation in honor of Kobe. And then the other team that they played, there's also something the shot clock is 24 seconds. So they right. took a 24 second shot clock violation in honor of Kobe, gave the ball back to the Hawks and a lot of teams did that to honor him and they they um put the Lakers colors a lot of teams did that so there was a lot of a lot of nice tributes I know the Hawks point guard Trey Young he he trained with Kobe Kobe was one of kind of one of his mentors and he scored I think like 43 or 45 points last night and had like 15 assists and then he played an unbelievable game and uh he like dedicated it to Kobe and stuff like that so a lot of really nice tributes happened in the NBA anyway yeah, I try not to be a sucker for that kind of thing, but this was <laughs> yeah. one of those I am. I love basketball, so I am yeah, a sucker. Yeah, yeah. One, even if it yeah. is kind of uh, – even there's point shaving or whatever, and I well, still like you would Well, <laughs> you would have been on the uh, out there on the at the Staples Center. It was all night long people were out there. So, But we would be remiss if we did not address the – Impeachment. Oh, it yes. It was a bombshell. So I expected – a major bombshell to get like 20 Republicans to vote for conviction, like in the end. And I think we both speculated that Bolton would deliver that. You particularly speculated that if there's a bombshell, it's going to come from Bolton. Well, he did kind of bring a bombshell already Yeah. in that he's publishing a book. There was a leaked draft. So we don't even know if it's actually going to be in the book. He didn't even say it. It was unauthorized. He can't even be sued for defamation because we don't even know if he said it, but what he said was that And Trump, we haven't even seen the draft. We're only taking right. what somebody else who says they saw the draft says. Right. And I didn't look, but I assume it says like people who have seen the draft and not actually quoting a person right. who saw the draft. Yeah. So and it was inside the government. It came from inside the government because he got it. He had to have it screened yeah, by security. Fantastic so publicity stuff. It's a deep state leak or uh, you know what I mean? Like, there's something about yeah. that in this. And Trump can't trust anybody. It'll make it an Amazon number one seller. It's a great marketing absolutely, tactic as absolutely, well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You always get the money for it. But what he said was, what Bolton supposedly said was that Trump did tie suspending aid to investigating Biden. Now, for me, I don't care what anyone says at all. I want to see the documents. How do you get to suspend aid? 
What did the documents look like? Did they follow the process? Was it within his discretion? This is something that I've been noticing for a while is that stuff that is within your discretion as the role that you have or you're elected to or appointed to, if it's in your discretion without in complete discretion, without having to explain it or any of that, then it happened with immigration law. It happened with the census. This stuff that's within the discretion of the person responsible for it is being second guessed without any, without any prior rule. So it's like the opioid thing. It's a highly regulated situation. If you're going to start punishing people looking backwards, that really undermines the rule of law. I remember when I was in banking and I used to say, oh, I, this doesn't seem right to me. And they would say, there's no seeming right. You have a lawyer. You don't like it. You call the lawyer. And what he tells you to do, you have to do. You, yeah. have, you have a fiduciary obligation to follow exactly. And if it's up to your discretion, then you have to use your discretion and defend it. Or explain it or not. Yeah. But this thing where they, it was within their purview, they did not, they might have suspended the aid, but within the amount of time they had to suspend it at their own discretion. And, and unless yeah. there's paperwork that says they did something illegal, this is, uh, it's, it's over in my opinion. And from what I understand, the manuscript says that he, Trump was concerned about the potential corruption. And that's oh, why. Bolton, yeah. Bolton manuscript? Yeah. So that, that's what the question has been. Did he do it for his own personal political gain? And there's absolutely nothing that wrong with Joe Biden? Or was it, was he truly concerned with corruption? From what I understand, this makes it seem as though he was concerned with corruption. Although, again, I haven't seen the transcript of the right. manuscript. This is ambiguity. This is what, secondhand. But it is funny to note that this leak happened on the same day that the book, which is titled The Room Where It Happened. Yeah, great oh title gosh. there. <laughs> this leak happened on the same day that the book became available for pre-order. Nice. Fantastic Perfect. marketing. There's a couple of more things on this topic. It is the second day of the defense for the impeachment. The Another thing that – oh, this bombshell of Bolton, the, the punchline is this might get not 20 Republicans, but the four that they need to vote to have witnesses and testimony. Now, I don't know if Mitch McConnell has to hold that vote, if anyone has the power to just say, hey, we've got a simple majority. We can change the rules here. I don't understand. I, I, it's kind of hard to find that kind of information on the fly. But the bottom line is they're going to do it that way. So if they can get the support, they are going to have witnesses, which I've been predicting from the beginning. Obviously, they're going to do that. Another thing that supposedly the book said was that Pompeo, this is really funny. So supposedly somebody said that the book said that Bolton said that Pompeo said that what Giuliani said about Yovanovitch was wrong. So that you can take that to the bank. Yeah, yeah. So Yovanovitch was corrupt, which we know from Lutsenko's interview on OANN, One American News Network. We know it from documentation, George Kent communicating with those people about laying off their buddies, their Soros anti-corruption center. We know Yovanovitch was knee deep in these backroom dealings on how to tell the prosecutors in Ukraine who to look into and who not to look into. So we know, I mean, I, I'm satisfied with that. They should be investigated uh -huh. and exposed, but I've seen documentation. I've seen witnesses. I, I'm satisfied at least the, that the majority of the evidence points that she was actually corrupt. Yeah. And Pompeo is saying 
bold to say that Pompeo said she wasn't. Now, the Wall Street Journal had an article side by side with this article that said Pompeo did an, an interview on NPR to talk about uh, Iran, and she asked him questions about Ukraine. Yeah, I heard so, some of that. So he, he held her back after class so that he could rip her a new one with vulgarity and everything. And he said, you think people really care about Ukraine? I bet you couldn't find Ukraine on a map. So this is the story. This is the story. So she challenged him to say, why, what did you do? I don't know if this is on air or off air. What did you do to defend Jovanovic against these allegations? And he was like, I, I've said enough, but then he held, I think it worked this way. Then he held her after. This is the, the story in the Wall Street Journal was that he sat there in the room with her yelling at her after the interview. This is probably one of the busiest guys in the world. You know what I mean? He probably uh-huh. has a staff of people. The Secretary of State of yeah. the United States. You're telling me they didn't record this? This wasn't recorded by anybody? Well, that supposedly it wasn't. But this is what they did. He challenged her to find Ukraine on an unlabeled map of the world. And he waited while an aide procured an unlabeled map of the world and brought an unlabeled map. <laughs> This is a circle. This is a circle. Right. What the heck? I mean, who? So they waited. It's a blank for an globe. Aid, so then she could identify Ukraine, which she did. Obviously. I mean, it's easy because of Crimea. And then they lowered the gun they had pointed at her head and uncocked it. Right. So this story was absolute, very hard to believe unless it was a true story that was kind of set up in advance. Well, uh, they also were playing that clip of the quote Trump Tates where they say that Parnum guy, uh, he played, yeah, where he played the clip where he played the audio of Trump saying, get rid of her. Get get her out. Oh, yeah. Take her out. I didn't even but listen they, they to that. Just, it's so I did listen to it. They did j- it sound like he said Yovanovitch needs to be fired? He might have. Well, no, he did. He did say that. But uh, they he, only he, play the cl- audio of Trump saying, take her out. Get rid of her. Like he's talking about killing her. But when you listen to the whole thing, he's being prompted. He's being saying all these things Jovanovich is yes, doing over yes, there. She's yes, doing all course, these things right. over there. She's telling everybody that you're going to be impeached. You're going to be thrown out. You're going to be this and that. And Trump had tried to get rid of her at, when he got into office and she well, didn't leave. Well, this is what I'm saying. That tape was from a year before she was actually gotten rid of. So she she was there for three. They're always there for three years. She was there for three years. And if he was trying to get rid of her a year before, clearly it didn't matter. Because she was still there, she finished out her term. Yeah, and, and there, yeah. So they took it completely out of context. And one other thing that we learned—that's how Nixon went down. John Dean set him up that way too. Interesting. Said blah 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 blah. And if you want this covered up because you didn't know all this stuff was happening, I got to give the guy a million bucks. And Nixon's like, fine. Give yeah, me. yeah, let's do it. He said, could you? He's like, yeah, I got it in my back pocket. Here, I'll give it to him. Nixon was like, fine. So I didn't know this. Tell me if you knew this. That in 2018, Representative Jerry Nadler. Sylvia Garcia and Hakeem okay. Jeffries, the, these are oh, all House yeah, managers, managers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voted against that year's National Defense Authorization Act, which included $250 million in aid for Ukraine. What year? This is 2018. Wow. They voted against the Ukraine aid. Right on. The House managers. Them. Yeah. Well, good for but them. But I not, get it. I get but it. Now I they're arguing it, yeah. for the. No, yeah. I get it. I get it. And see, actually, that's very interesting because. I suspected that ultimately one of the real ultimate goals here was to weirdly get unanimous consent to escalating aid and military action in Ukraine towards Russia, that it would have been debatable, except for now 
it's a foregone conclusion that if you aren't uh, a traitor, then you have to be in favor of it. And even if you aren't in favor of it, you get to be one of the house managers of the impeachment trial. Play both sides. Yeah. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.